Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, October 9th, 2019. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, we're back in the saddle again. Ashley is undergoing some sort of dental emergency. Uh, I think she might have mentioned it on Monday's show. Was she, she, did she go over to the West Side Theater to get it fixed? Oh, ah, very Feed good. Feed me. Yeah. Feed me. Feed yeah, no. Me. Um, I do. I, I got to say, the. I, I think the... The, the dentist office song that's the title's escaping me right now is an underrated classic from little shop um yeah. the one with the laughing gas and mm-hmm. what we have here is an ethical dilemma that that's an under underrated classic that gets lost in the shuffle of the more familiar songs from that show but i, I do love that one so ashley we think we'll be back tomorrow um per dentist doctor's orders how much she's allowed to talk but um hope she feels better do you remember that episode of uh, The West Wing when CJ had to go to the dentist office? Uh, vaguely. James, I don't remember things that I watched literally two hours ago. Uh, but I do vaguely remember her having some sort of inability to talk. Yes. Yes. It was uh, very funny. And I could only imagine Ashley and Alice and Janney mashup type of thing happening had she done a show tonight. Well, if that had happened, maybe we could have put that on the Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Broadway Radio. There's not any Alice and Janney mashups there now, but now that James has mentioned it, maybe there will be someday. Yeah. And this does not give everybody the uh, right to take all the Broadway radio broadcasts and mash them up to to put together a big, long segment of me saying, all righty. <laughs> Although I think that might be a uh, a fair use argument. Like, I think they could probably get away with that if they wanted to. Ah, uh, you know, I, I, I'm just saying that, you know, laws, constitution doesn't matter anymore. You're not allowed to do it. <laughs> the only thing that is unconstitutional are the things that are s- specifically laid out in the Constitution. So. Yes. As the president of Broadway Radio, you cannot indict me. Uh, oh lord all right what do we have uh first up in the show and casting news all right we've got um a handful of fairly interesting little nuggets of news yesterday james starting first up with the report from variety that tony winner david diggs is in talks to join the disney remake of the little mermaid the hamilton star would unsurprisingly be playing sebastian the crab james i'm imagining that along with Sebastian and Flounder and um, Scuttle. I think these are probably going to be the computer rendered form of live action that Disney has become fond of in recent years. But it would still be very cool to have David join even in a voice role, especially since Lin-Manuel Miranda has teamed up with Alan Menken to write new songs for the film. Wait, did did the Cats film ever come out? Uh, Cats is December. Oh, so we haven't seen it yet. So we still don't. I mean, we've seen little trailers, so we kind of know. I wonder if they'll use that same sort of technology for Little Mermaid. I sincerely. Or the the Lion King. What what happened with the Lion King? Uh, It made well over a billion dollars. That's. I think it'll probably be closer to that in Jungle Book, Uh, uh, where it looks live action, but it's all computer done. Uh, I'm sure that the either, yeah, a deep fake type thing. I'm sure it'll be the human and half human merfolk um and octopus folk uh will be you know live action ish but i'm sure the rest will be computer rendered but we will have to see when and if this ever comes out 
All right. So next up, yesterday, producers announced that Will Swenson and Quentin Earl Darrington had joined the one night only reunion concert of Bucklin. Bucklin. <laughs> Brooklyn. OK, uh, this thing has confused me for 15 years. Um, Swenson was a replacement in the show's Broadway run and will be pro- reprising his role of Taylor Collins, while Darrington, whom I don't believe has any connection with the show, will play the street singer. Also joining the event are original cast members Julie Reber, Horace V. Rogers, and Karen Lynn Tackett, as well as the previously announced Eden Espinosa, Karen Olivo, and Ramona Keller. The benefit for the Covenant House Foundation will be held on the 15th anniversary of the show's opening night, October 21st. This time it will actually be in Brooklyn. So get your tickets to what should be a fun show and a great cause. And sticking with the one night only benefit theme, James, yesterday it was announced that the Quintessence of Dust Theater Company will host a one night only benefit reading of Fun Home. Jen, mm. yeah, Jen Kalella and Caitlin Kinnanen will play Allison's regular and medium, respectively. <laughs> Additional casting will be announced later. The event will take place on December 19th at the Plaza Jewish Community Chapel on the Upper West Side, which the Quintessence of Dust Theater Company is billing as an actual funeral home. So uh, kind of immersive, site-specific. It sounds more like it's going to be like seated in pews kind of thing, but let's let's get that fun home immersive production where it's at a real funeral home. I'm all for that with real dead bodies around. No, I'm not for that at all, but... Uh, someone should do it. Anyway, you can make a donation now in order to get tickets. Otherwise, they will be available on November 11th, beginning at 100 buckaroos. I, I'm kind of surprised that we haven't seen Fun Home in a funeral home yet. I would not love it if there were actual dead bodies there. That's not my thing. But I think I, I think this one would do actually fairly well in that kind of immersive environment. I, you know, Six Feet Under, the musical at the uh, Netflix theater go. in Times Square. <laughs> Very well done. That was, a, was that a, an HBO show? Yeah, it was an HBO show, but that didn't work for the joke. I mean, HBO can get their own theater, too, if they want. Ah, this is true. Absolutely. You know, HBO could uh, team up with Broadway HD, you know. Or uh, what was it? Broadway 4D? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then the 360 Broadway. So. There you go. Is that a thing? There's the, a 5678 Broadway as well. That's a like a uh, fitness video with Broadway show tunes. Yeah, the, the, the 360 um, Broadway thing uh, was the 360 camera. They did the thing on the Hamilton stage and they did. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They've uh, never done that Andrew for a while. Asnes and, yeah. 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 Cool. All right. Uh, so next up, we have reviews are in for Will Aubrey's Heroes of the Fourth Turning. Yeah, James, this show opened up earlier in the week. It is from Playwrights Horizons and is currently playing off-Broadway through October 27th. As you mentioned, Will Arbery is the playwright behind the show, and Danya Tamor is the director. The show uh, is getting a ton of uh, critical acclaim, and it features uh, Jeb Krieger, Julia McDermott, Michelle Pock, former Tell Me More guest Zoe Winters, and John Tzajetsky. And uh, the reviews are pretty fantastic, James. I'm going to start them out. Not with the New York Times, we'll get to that, but with Sarah Holdren from Vulture, because it is her final review 
as New York Magazine's theater critic, a, a shout out to her for that fact just a little bit. But her review is fantastic, as as are all of them. But she writes, quote, Will Arbery's Heroes of the Fourth Turning is so frighteningly well written, it's hard to write about. It's the rare play worth standing and picking up your shit and shuffling down steps and going outside, especially onto 42nd Street, immediately after feels like a kind of violence. You're not ready for it yet. You're still in Arbery's world, murky yet lit by lightning, lyrical and scary, brave and terribly gentle. Coming out of the whole thing is like waking up or is waking to a bucket of water thrown in your face. But even that jolt feels right in its way because Heroes is a kind of nightmare. Uh, No one writes reviews like Sarah Holdren, and I'm hoping that we get an announcement for who will be replacing her very soon. And I hope that it's someone who lives up to not only her phenomenal way with words, but also unique and specific insight. Uh, So consider this my fond farewell to Sarah Holdren. I'm very excited to see her do more work as a director, and hopefully we get to see that in New York fairly soon. But there's that. Now we will move on to Jesse Green of the New York Times, who did make the show a critic's pick. He wrote, quote, Unless you live in an alternative theatrical universe programmed by David Mamet for the Heritage Foundation, you've probably <laughs> never seen anything like this on stage. That's a great line. Isn't That's a it? great line. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, Green continues, quote, it's one of the things that makes Will Arbery's Heroes of the Fourth turning something of a red state unicorn. The astonishing new play explores the lives and ideas of conservatives with affection, understanding and deep knowledge if not ultimately approval. As such, it would be a welcome corrective almost regardless of its quality. When conservatives show up in contemporary plays, they are usually laughable blowhards, whining billionaires, or troglodyte parents whose children scorn them. What use are they to anyone, even liberals who want to understand what they're up against? But uh, but Teresa, played by Winters, Kevin, played by Zajorski, and Justin, played by Krieger, are serious, attractive, articulate young people and troubled in ways we usually find sympathetic, at least in characters who didn't vote for Donald J. Trump. And parenthetically, Kevin vomited after doing so. Green writes. Uh, So another great review there. But despite those fantastic reviews, Robert Hoffler of The Wrap wasn't as taken by it, at least not in whole. He wrote, quote, there are many wonderful, crazy things in Will Arbery's new play, Heroes of the Fourth Turning. Any adventurous, slightly perverse theater goer won't want to miss them. From there, Hoffler goes on to spoil some of the high points uh, of the show in his review. But before coming to an end, he writes, quote, Heroes is directed by Danya Tamor, who has the distinction of having brought to stage three of the best plays of recent seasons, Jeremy O'Harris's Daddy, Antoinette Nwandu's Passover, and Martina Mayuk's Queens. All playwrights should want Tamor to direct their plays. Her choosing to direct Heroes is the fourth thing. He lists the four things that he liked about the show. After the house, and Judd goes on, I'm not going to spoil some of the things he he spoils, uh, but he goes on to say, I had to wonder what compelled such a gifted director to direct such a play and then allow or compel such scenery-chomping performances from some of her actors. Did she not trust the material, or was she letting us know the whole exercise is a wild farce? Now, I don't know why, James, maybe it was the spoiling of all the stuff or um, 
just the general tone of it. But I haven't seen this show. I've never seen any show by Will Arbery. But I was really turned off by Hoffler's review. Not offended like in a he said something offended, but it's just it rubbed me the wrong way. Uh, but I guess I do appreciate that there was at least a little bit of dissent in the reviews. However, I would not be surprised if based off of these reviews and how well liked Will Arbery has become in the last few years, I would not be surprised if this show ended up being a finalist for or even winning the Pulitzer Prize next spring. All right. Put that up on the board. Absolutely. Miss Cleo. You can put it on the board. Yes. <laughs> All right. So um, is is this something that you might be able to see when you get up here? It's not. It is closing uh, on October 27th. And even if they extend a couple more weeks, it would be pushing it for me. Um, so we'll see. I'm hoping that Playwrights Horizons, who has extended things multiple times uh, in recent years, thinking things like Dance Nation and stuff, and they even brought that back. Um, so hopefully, I'm, I'm hoping that these reviews will spur on um, like three-ish weeks, two, three weeks of extensions, but uh, I'm holding a spot for it if that does in fact happen. Oh, man. Uh, I, I, I would say take the Broadway Radio Jet to come up to go see it, but Greta, you know, she convinced me to sell it. So... Once we get a yacht, maybe I'll... Uh, it takes too long to get the yacht yeah. back and forth and things like that, you know. Yeah. But. Fair. All right. So what do we have in the uh, recommendation section? All right. First, James, is something that you actually mentioned on yesterday's show. It's that Slate article, Is yeah. America's Favorite Playwright Too Much for New York? And it's an article by Dan Coyce uh, about Lauren Gunderson, who – uh, as we've talked about before, has, is the most produced playwright in America. She has really interesting stuff. I know people actually, a former Tell Me More guest Austin Titchener did one of her shows in uh, Chicago. She writes about um, lots of different things. She wrote one show about like uh, the Shakespeare, Shakespeare's Theater Company. She writes a lot of contemporary stuff. Um, but she hasn't been, uh, been able to really get much traction in New York. She's 37 years old. She has 20 scripts that are published and in circulation. She's in rehearsal for a new show. Um, Jeanette, it, and we've talked about this before. It had its, uh, uh, a, a workshop, uh, at the Gunder or at the, um, uh, O'Neill over the summer. Um, and so, but she's great, but for some reason she can't get a job or can't get a show produced in New York. I, you know. I think that maybe we're going to see a breakthrough in the next uh, in I the next so. twelve months. Yeah. Uh, I really think I really think that that's going to happen because, if anything, I think that what will come to the attention of Broadway producers is that she will make them money. <laughs> yeah, and and yeah. all of a sudden it'll be like, oh my God, Lauren Gunderson, the art, the art, the art. When you know, it's, it's all oh, about yeah, the bottom oh, yeah. line. So it's all it's all about the Benjamins. Yeah. Uh, next recommendation here, James, and I felt a little bad about how earlier this week I kind of made fun of the new off-Broadway musical Only Human because in it, Gary Busey plays God. So I wanted to recommend this new little video that we had over on Broadway World in which Gary Busey, normal, completely regular human being, talks about why <laughs> you should see Only Human. <laughs> um, it's only 45 seconds. Watch it. Very normal, not strange person at all. You'll never um, get those 45 seconds back. No, it's wonderful. It's yeah. delightfully fun. Yeah. 
um, and weird. So uh, to head over to that. And then the last one is another video that's a little weird because like I I it's just so random. Uh, but we talked about this before uh, over actually I think on Monday night, the <laughs> the original Broadway cast of Saturday Night Fever reunited in Times Square to perform original choreography in celebration of the 20th anniversary of the show's Broadway run. Um, they had a bunch of people in there. Uh, Andy Carl, I, it was a little interesting because Andy Carl wasn't the lead in that show, mm. but he's front and center and everything. Everyone's wearing the Saturday Night Fever t-shirt, black t-shirts. He's the only one in a white t-shirt. It was a little awkward. He was, he was marking a little bit on the dancing. I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not going to say, you know, uh, a little bit of marking there. And then Orfe shows up for like the last 30 seconds. Um, that's where those two met. Uh, but it's fun. I mean, it's just kind of fun to see these people 20 years after they did this choreography on Broadway um, do it in Times Square. It was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. It's like six minutes. I literally, before I started writing the script tonight, sat here. I thought I would just kind of get a sense for it and then skip out of it. But I watched all six minutes. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. So not a bad way to get into your hump day and start it with a uh, smile on yeah, your face. Yeah, you know, I, I have something to admit here. I, I, I saw Saturday Night Fever um, – a few too many times, uh, really? th- than anybody sh- should should have seen it because I, I, I might have had a little bit of a crush on Paige Price at the time. Oh, she was there. She yeah. was in this uh, this thing. Yeah, and uh, and I have to tell you that these folks twenty years later, I bet you most people would agree with me that they look better than they looked twenty years ago. It's phenomenal how great yeah. this cast looks. It was great, yeah. Lot, uh, lots, you know, lots of fun. Really, really, lot of fun. And um, yeah, that was uh, Saturday Night Fever. I'm not, I'm, I'm not thinking that it will, it will ever make a comeback. Maybe encores should do the Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> I mean, you know, give it another ten years. I wouldn't doubt it, but I think you're probably right. That was there an Urban Cowboy musical yeah, too? Urban Cowboy. Jason Robert Brown was the conductor, and oh yeah, somewhat, and Jen Colella was in yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Uh, with this uh, sort of gay erotica, oh, re- oh really? Porn logo of uh, oh, what was his name riding the bull in front of and uh, Matt Cavanaugh. Oh, okay. Matt Matt Cavanaugh and his wife Jennifer Powers are yes. opening their own theater company. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Jennifer Powers played Rizzo in the Laura Osnes Max yeah. Crum revival Greece. of Greece. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Seeing uh, scrolling through, don't see anybody else of note in this uh, in this cast other than Matt Cavanaugh and Jen Colella. But yeah, good times, great oldies. I don't think we're seeing those on Broadway again. <laughs> All right, Matt. Why don't you get us out of here? All right, thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Hey, little special bonus for the Patreon folks out there, okay? Do not upgrade to Mac OS Catalina. If you're a Mac <laughs> user, don't upgrade to Mac OS Catalina. And if you are a Windows user and you can't print anymore... Hit me up on Patreon. I'll tell you how to fix that. <laughs> so go over to patreon.com slash Broadway Radio and support us, and we will support you right back. With IT help. With IT help. Well, whatever, whatever pays the bills, you know. Uh, <laughs> thanks for spending some of your Wednesday with us, and uh, we will see how Ashley is doing for tomorrow. And if not, 
we'll figure out some way to get back to you. <laughs> Feed me. Feed me. Thank <laughs> you.